Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine and sponsored by Steer. Broadcasting today from Agreco Studios. Agreco, powering the Permian. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We will be joined by Bob Peterson, who is the partner in energy and utilities for Houston, who works with Arthur D. Little, a company that's been around since 1886. But first, I want to talk to you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. Our cover, this issue, is ConocoPhillips, in which we talk a little bit about the amazing company, their great work that they did in handling Hurricane Harvey, and of course, the chairman and CEO, Ryan Lance as well. It's an issue that you definitely want to read. So I encourage you to go to shellmag.com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com and read all about ConocoPhillips and Ryan Lance. But now it is time for our resident energy expert and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show this week. Hey, it's another beautiful day in Texas. Rain, 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 rain. Yes, beautiful day. Everything is so green, isn't it? It's so it nice is. to it's see. Wonderful. Yes. I want to jump into the show because obviously we have a lot to talk about. Let's start with the price per barrel. Is it going, where is it going? Because it's it's up a little bit again. Um, and so um, we're hearing again, media reports, it's going up to $100 a barrel. And you and I yeah. sit here and like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so tell me your thoughts. Well, it, it you know it did jump above age seventy five uh, this week, which uh, is quicker than I thought it would get there. I, I've been saying all year I thought it would get there uh, for West Texas Intermediate, the U.S. price for oil, uh, by the end of this year. Well, here we are in October, and it's seventy five dollars, and that that mainly is the market overreacting to the reimplementation of of sanctions uh, by the United States against Iran. And they're seeing, you know, oh, my gosh, China's going to stop importing oil from Iran and all these companies are going to quit doing business with Iran. Yeah, because they don't want to get hit with sanctions from the United States. So uh, Iranian exports are going to drop. And the market, as markets tend to do, initially overreacts to that. And so the price jumped up three, four dollars a barrel in just a few days. Well, but sooner or later, what happens is the market calms down. And they decide, well, okay, we're at this level. Let's keep it at this level and wait and see if Saudi Arabia and Russia, uh, two countries with a, a tremendous amount of excess producing capacity, let's see if they follow up on what they've said they're going to do. And that is increase their own production to make up the difference, right? And I suspect what we're going to see this month is Saudi Arabia and Russia are going to announce that they're increasing their production to fill the void that's being left uh, by the Iranian oil that's coming off the market now. And the effect that'll have is to hold the price steady, or it might even go down a little bit in the near term. And, uh, but I think, I still think overall between now and the end of the year, the, the, the inertia behind oil prices is going to be behind rising oil prices, slowly rising oil prices, uh, just because the market's balanced. And, um, you know, other than the United States, 
uh, unless Saudi Arabia and Russia do jump in and, and raise their production, the United States is really the only country that is significantly increasing production every month. So you end up with a, with a market situation that just ad, agitates for slowly rising oil prices between now and January. And then the question in January becomes, well, what do U.S. producers do then? And what does OPEC do? when they reset the terms of their export agreement with Russia in January. Um, okay, so let's switch gears a little bit and move over to New Mexico. You know, that it's becoming a trend that big publicly traded companies are leaving the basin and private companies are coming in to take their place. And I'm curious, why is this happening? Yeah, and so it's a really interesting phenomenon. I find it interesting because I worked for many years for, for Burlington Resources, which is uh, – a big producer, uh, the biggest producer in the San Juan Basin for 20 years, uh, ConocoPhillips, bought all those assets in 2006. And what happened last year, uh, mid-year last year, they sold all those assets in the San Juan Basin to Hillcorp, a privately held company here in Texas. Uh, in Canada, uh, WPX uh, earlier this year did the same thing, uh, sold to a private company. In Canada, just did the same thing. And, and so what's happening uh, in that basin up there in the northwest corner of the state uh, is that it's a very mature basin and it's mainly natural gas production. There's a huge coal seam called the Fruitland Coal Formation that produced m most of it in recent years. But there's been natural gas production in the San Juan Basin going all the way back to the 1920s. And so this is what happens when basins mature in the oil and gas industry. The big companies that have produced all these wells and, and, and made all this production work for all these years, as the production declines, they decide, well, okay, this is a non-core asset and we're gonna go ahead and divest that. And so they sell it and a company like Hillcorp comes in, which is a huge company. Hillcorp's like a $40 billion company, right? It's not some little mom and pop operation. They come in and what they're doing is they're going in and stimulating these wells and recompleting a lot of the wells and dramatically increasing the production from them. So, so they're able to come in, and that's a, a focal part of their business where it's not for ConocoPhillips or for Encana. And so what's going to happen for New Mexico is you're going to get a lot more natural gas production and collect a lot more taxes on it and a lot more royalties on it. And that's all going to go into the school systems and the hospital systems. are going to benefit the whole state. So it's, it's a part of the industry that we don't talk about a lot because it's not there's not a shale play up there. There's there is a shale formation that uh, the Pennsylvania formation that hasn't been real productive, and so it's not a hot spot. Uh, but it's still a really vital part of the oil and gas industry, and 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 people don't you know we forget this now just because of the huge boom going out in West Texas. But ten years ago. That's exactly what was happening in the Permian Basin. It was a mature, dying basin where all these smaller companies were just going in there, recompleting wells, trying to make, you know, get as much additional production out of the existing wells as they could. And so, yeah, now we have, we're able to produce the oil from shale and the Permian's the center of the universe in the oil industry. But 10 years ago, it was where the San Juan Basin is today. So I just think it's a really interesting story because I'm kind of a geek about the oil and gas industry. And I hope I hope our listeners think it's interesting as well. You're not a geek, David. You're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we see what will happen in the future with the Permian and Eagle Ford. Last question. What uh, President Trump announced on Monday, he finally reached an agreement with Canada's Prime Minister 
Trudeau about uh, finally. So now we have Mexico and Canada uh, in new trade deals, which is uh, no longer called NAFTA. Tell me about it with the oil and gas industry. What, what do you think? Yeah. So, I mean, and it's a wonderful thing. I, I, uh, Canada held out until the, like 30 minutes before everything was going to expire. And Yeah. Canada, get they, in line. <laughs> right. You know, and, and tariffs were going to kick in and the oil industry was panicking because you know, there was probably going to be tariffs on imports and exports of oil and gas between these three countries. And um, and at the last minute, you know, Canada finally decided, well, we better join this or it's just going to be really bad for everybody. And they did. And uh, the industry is very excited about it and happy about it, because what it means is there's not going to be tariffs on energy exports between these three countries. Uh, people don't realize, but we have a lot of, of several big natural gas lines going into Mexico and supplying natural gas to Mexico. We both export natural gas and oil to Canada and import oil and natural gas from Canada. And so if you had tariffs going in on all these transactions, it would have been a big, big hit on a lot of companies in the oil and gas industry. Um, And so basically what the New Deal does is preserve uh, status quo where tariffs are concerned on energy and doesn't put any new restrictions on capital investment between these three countries where energy is concerned or anything else. And and so the industry is very excited about the new deal just because it doesn't change anything, <laughs> which, you know, status quo is good. Uh, status so, quo uh, is good yeah. in oil and gas, right? They don't <laughs> like uh, topsy-turvy. Well, that is all the time we have for this show, but I'm really excited to announce you're going to join me for an entire show next week because there is too much there to cover really between you and I. And uh, we, we decided we need to get a full show together to get all of the oil and gas together. But David, thank you for coming on the show, and we'll talk to you next week. Great. I'll look forward to it. Thank you. And with that, we do have to take a quick break. But when we return, Bob Peterson with ADL will be joining us. You're listening to End the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. In the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute, produced by shalemag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your current industry update. This is Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your Energy Minute. Oil prices continued their climb yesterday as the deadline for full implementation of Iranian sanctions is looming. Washington, D.C. has set November 4th as the date by which U.S. trading partners should stop buying Iranian crude oil. It appears that Iran's production dropped another 100,000 barrels per day in September as buyers begin to shift away from those shipments. While Saudi Arabia has said there is plenty of supply and OPEC has increased production to compensate for the shortage, analysts are not convinced that this will be sufficient, prompting speculation in the last few days that oil could again touch $100 per barrel. WTI gained $1.15 to hit its highest point of the year yesterday, closing at $76.22 per barrel. This is Ryan Sitton, and that's your Energy Minute. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. Join us Saturday, October 20th at Sam Houston Park for the 8th Annual Energy Day, one of Houston's largest free family festivals. Energy Day has music, food, games, and fun. Enjoy over 60 interactive exhibits showcasing science, technology, engineering, mathematics, energy, and careers. Don't miss out on the fun. Admission is free. Brought to you by Direct Energy, Golden Pass, Noble, 
Consumer Energy Education Foundation, and the Consumer Energy Alliance. For more information, visit energydayfestival.org. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We are going to be joined by Bob Peterson, who is a partner with Arthur D. Little in the Energy and Utility section located in Houston, Texas. Bob, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you, Kim. I'm very, uh, very glad to be here. Thanks for the uh, opportunity. Tell me a little bit about uh, the company itself and your role. ADL is a management consultancy. Um, if you look at our history, we were the, the first founded around the turn of the century by a group of MIT scientists who, believe it or not, were hired by um, Henry Ford to help him uh, come up with his uh, assembly line processes. And uh, since, since then, we have, you know, we've grown a global footprint, about 50 offices around the world, uh, focusing on energy uh, in a few other industries, our energy practice is about a quarter of our uh, revenue, and we work with a whole variety of energy and utility companies, uh, from super majors to large independents to uh, oil field service firms on issues around strategy, uh, innovation. Hot topic today is digital and um, growth, and re- recently. We've been doing um, work for a number of uh, the uh, independent shale producers and beginning to focus on their issues around uh, achieving their ambition in the uh, in the Permian Basin. And so as part of the background to that work, uh, we commissioned a, uh, a uh, short study just to look at the, um, the demand that the accumulated um, growth ambition in the uh, Permian Basin would place upon uh, infrastructure. So roads, uh, demand for water, sand, power, um, accommodations, emergency services, et cetera. And, uh, you know, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, the summary that uh, you have in front of you that I'd be happy to talk about in detail. I think one point I would like to make is, if you look at the history of the oil and gas um, uh, industry development from the uh, turn of the century until today, I do not believe that the industry uh, has experienced yet the um, 
the nature of the explosive growth in the Permian Basin. Um, you know, literally 40,000 wells will be need, need to be drilled over the next five years. Production, if ambition is achieved, pr production will rise to over 5 million barrels a day, which is greater than current production of every oil and gas producing country except Russia and um, except Saudi Arabia. So it's uh, quite, you know, quite a demand. Right. And, you know, we're going to get into the report in a little bit of detail here shortly, but I, I do want to kind of bring in that what role um, has the independent operators uh, played and what role will they continue to play, especially pertaining to Permian Basin? Yeah. So the independent operators um, have um, basically created the shale industry and the shale boom. So you go back to uh, Mitchell Energy, which experimented with uh, long horizontal drilling and fracking in the 80s. So Mitchell became Devon, and that uh, kicked off the, uh, the first round of shale development, which I call Shale 1.0, which was fast-moving, entrepreneurial, well-funded independence um, spread out across the major shale basins in North America, drilled a lot of wells, um, identified uh, the, um, the best basins and began to establish uh, production. So full credit to the independents for creating the shale industry. And now um, they, and they will continue to play a large role um, in uh, a, a probably a majority role in uh, spending capital to continue to develop the, uh, uh, the major basins, including the, uh, the Permian, uh, but as you noted, the, uh, the super majors who were late to the shale game are now beginning to to enter the industry, and um, I think what they bring to the industry, which um, maybe is a, an area for an opportunity for independents to learn and perhaps adapt their uh, business model a bit, is the supers are good about thinking globally in terms of where are the most profitable markets and where might we integrate beyond the wellhead to um, refining or petrochemicals uh, or other, um, other uses of the energy, which I think is, uh, as the Permian scales up, the Permian oil, um, its home will be not in North America, but in other markets such as Latin America, or maybe even uh, more strongly the Pacific Rim. So independents traditionally have uh, not worried about um, the, uh, the oil beyond the wellhead. And I really believe if you look at this uh, changing dynamic, in order for them to establish and capture the greatest value for their oil produced, they will need to begin to think uh, globally, where might where might the oil go uh, from Corpus or uh, Houston uh, through the Panama Canal? Maybe long term commitments to uh, uh, refineries in the pack rim, um, or because currently, if you look at the uh, the pricing for the uh, Permian oil, because of the uh, lack of takeaway infrastructure and the lack of markets 
the um, permian oil is trading today maybe at around a $20 discount to uh, West Texas Intermediate. So the big question is, if I'm an independent or even a super, what actions might I take in order to uh, to close that gap or, you know, ultimately even perhaps capture a premium for my highest quality oil? Right. And, you know, Bob, when we return from break, I want to get into the specifics of, of more complex issues that the Shell uh, independent developers are going to have to consider and manage as they're moving forward, especially when we talk about the Permian Basin. But we do have to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Agreco has been powering the Permian Basin for over 10 years, supporting Permian producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. Agreco supports power systems as small as a single 200 kilowatt to as large as a 50 megawatt power plant. So when your utility power is delayed, call on Agreco to engineer a diesel, natural gas, or battery solution to fit your needs. We have immediate availability right here in the Permian Basin. Call 1-800-AGRECO or online agreco.com. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Bob Peterson, who is Managing Director for ADL. And Bob, before the break, we were talking about all of the Permian Basin uh, strategies for independence to look at. Of course, ADL is an expert in this area. And you recently um, released a report, ADL, discussing some of the complexities that these shell independents are going to be dealing with and opportunities for them to think big terms. So let's get into some of those complexities. When when you say that they're going to need to think things differently, go into a little bit more detail for me. Yeah. And I think it's the, the name of this segment, independence characterizes their uh, traditional uh, way of approaching business. Um, they tend, the independents historically have tended to be very competitive with one another as a group. Um, they have tended to want to control all of the various assets and infrastructure related to production to provide them uh, security, uh, or what's called the right to operate. And so we think, we believe very strongly that as a Permian um scales up and becomes, um, you know, a tremendous logistics uh, exercise, the independents will will need to find a way to uh, act less um, independently and collaborate and cooperate in areas where there is really no competitive advantage and that uh, by doing so, they can uh, lower their costs attract other sources of capital and um, execute uh, the, the, their development plans efficiently. So, so what do I mean? Specifically, um, if you look at uh, one area, so power generation, the Permian, um, both the Delaware and to a lesser extent, the Midland Basin is a very sparsely developed area um, as 
as production scales up cumulatively, the producers will need uh, gigawatts of power, which currently do not exist, in order to uh, uh, power fracking fleets, uh, production equipment, and uh, to run gas plants to separate oil and liquids um, and, uh, and natural gas. Now, in the, so a perfect area for uh, collaboration across producers in order to aggregate demand to attract capital from uh, infrastructure sources and um, you know, benefit by um, providing low-cost gas as an input to generate power and receiving maybe power at a discount, plus the uh, um, whoever might put together a power project can then also uh, sell excess power into the Texas grid. So that's quite a different deal than uh, independents are uh, accustomed to uh, to, to uh, working with. So collaborating demand, or sorry, excuse me, uh, aggregating demand, bringing in other parties uh, for project financing, not necessarily a new, uh, a new idea, but then um, not controlling the, uh, uh, the infrastructure. So there's opportunities. Power is one. I think uh, similarly, water will become uh, a big issue in the, uh, the arid uh, Permian Basin as the uh, drilling scales up. And uh, so collectively, there, it is in the best interest of the producers to form projects to uh, aggregate water demand for fracking, for retreatment, and uh, for disposal. And, you know, there's uh, other areas within the infrastructure, um, sand management, trucking. Trucking is an enormous issue. The Wall Street Journal estimated uh, in a recent article that um, there will be as many as 100, 120,000 truckloads of sand, water, and oil every day in the Permian when it reaches its peak. Now, clearly, that's well beyond the capacity of the, uh, the road system. So opportunities to um, improve the, uh, the road system infrastructure, but uh, collaborate in terms of uh, uh, demand, aggregated demand for uh, various trucking resources, where we think just um, minimally there's, as, uh, there's an opportunity to reduce the, uh, the loads on the road by as much as 20% by, uh, by working together. Exactly. Now, uh, Bob, when we return, I want to get back on, uh, or I want to switch gears a little bit and just talk about the price premium. But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Join us Saturday, October 20th at Sam Houston Park for the 8th Annual Energy Day. For more information, visit Energy Day festival.org farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard that's why yamaha makes the viking an all-new viking 6 the world's first true three and six person utvs assembled in america ranked number one in drivetrain durability viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features comfort and off-road capability for more visit yamahaviking.com most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side owner study. 
And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Bob Peterson, who is a partner at uh, ADL. And Bob, before the break, uh, we were talking a lot about uh, the infrastructure issues, complexity, part, the necessary need for independence to look to partnerships. Uh, but talk to me a little bit about um, premium uh, price premium and um, commanding and maintaining a price premium for their uh, crude. Unfortunately, Kim, it starts out with a, uh, a price penalty um, currently. Um, if you look at the history of uh, WTI pricing, it has always, up until the shell boom, tracked Brent very closely. And then um, there's an interval in uh, around 2008 to 2014, which was the first shale boom where um, infrastructure in Cushing uh, was insufficient to carry oil to the various markets. And so we saw a um, WTI discount of, um, oh, anywhere for five to ten dollars a barrel um, uh, up here and remain for uh, about six years until the uh, infrastructure caught up. So now we're seeing the same phenomenon in the uh, in the Permian currently, where there's a uh, a Permian discount um, of uh, it's growing to about twenty dollars a barrel to the uh, uh, WTI pricing, and the reason for that is uh, takeaway capacity is slightly less than um, current production. So, but there are a, a number of uh, oil pipelines that are, that are being planned and will be built over the next two or three years that um, if they come to fruition and production growth is as uh, estimated, will uh, potentially reduce the, uh, the Permian discount. So one, um, one important step is to make sure that there are sufficient projects funded such that the uh, uh, produced oil can make it to the gateway ports such as Houston, Corpus Christi, and even potentially uh, Brownsville. Um, and then, so item two is ensuring that once the oil gets there, uh, it has sufficient um, uh, there are sufficient markets. So um, second key to maintaining or uh, I'd say price parity to uh, WTI is, as I said in the, in the previous segment, ensuring that there are uptake agreements uh, to um, <clears throat> with uh, various, uh, various entities such as uh, petrochemical firms or uh, global refiners, um, to uh, ensure that the uh, the market, the oil, um, is, is taken at the WTI price. But the other the other opportunity here is uh, that independence and super should explore is once you are uh, seaboard, then um, you're not necessarily bound by WTI. You can be priced at Brent, so which is which still runs at a, a bit of a premium to WTI. So second strategy is to look for sale opportunities where the buyer uh, is willing to pay 
Brent pricing, not WTI, which, you know, once you get into the global market and once you develop skills around trading, that, that is an opportunity. And then the third, you know, you opened with, uh, what about price premiums? So the, the Delaware basin, which is, uh, um, much less developed than the Midland and will contribute a lot of the, uh, the incremental oil has a uh, ultra light oil, which is very similar to uh, uh, the ultra light from uh, Saudi Arabia, which, by the way, is, is in decline. So, one strategy that another strategy that independents or any producer might think about is uh, can can we keep our ultra light Delaware? Um, separate and not mixed with the lower grade uh, oils from other parts of the uh, Permian? And can we sell that just as the Saudis do uh, at a premium again to the global markets? So think close the gap first by pipeline infrastructure, uh, seek opportunities to price at Brent versus WTI, and then seek uh, premium opportunities for some of the ultra high crude that will be eventually coming out of the Delaware. Exactly. Well, very interesting. And and actually this this uh, report that you all released is also extremely interesting as well. It, it, it really is a very well written and actually makes a lot of sense. I want to get into feeding the capital machine and talking about access to capital. We do have to take a quick break though, Bob, when we return, we'll get into capital. Um, You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Oil field experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. 
From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. Join us Saturday, October 20th at Sam Houston Park for the 8th Annual Energy Day, one of Houston's largest free family festivals. Energy Day has music, food, games, and fun. Enjoy over 60 interactive exhibits showcasing science, technology, engineering, mathematics, energy, and careers. Don't miss out on the fun. Admission is free. Brought to you by Philip 66 TechNIP, FMC, TransCanada, Consumer Energy Education Foundation, and the Consumer Energy Alliance. For more information, visit energydayfestival.org. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Bob Peterson, who is the partner for ADL. And Bob, uh, before the break, we were talking about um, pricing and um, premium pricing for operators and independents. And and now let's move into capital because uh, capital is obviously one of the most important necessities uh, for a, uh, a shell play. And so uh, let's talk and get into feeding the capital machine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, um, you know, obviously none of the growth in the Permian is possible <laughs> without uh, capital funding. And if you look at the uh, projected um, development plans over the next five years, it totals up to at least, um, $300 billion in additional capital uh, required to drill the 40,000 plus wells and build the uh, proper support infrastructure around those wells. And, and thus far, the shale industry over the last decade has benefited very much from the, uh, the low interest rates and the availability of uh, excess capital seeking good investment uh, opportunities. And there still is a lot of capital uh, from private equity um, that uh, is interested in and investing in uh, uh, resource plays. I think uh, I saw a number over the last quarter that around 10 to 15 billion was invested by private equity in new um, Permian plays. But uh, that's expensive capital. And I think if, we, if you look at um, you know, the infra- infrastructure demand, there, there are sources of capital that traditionally have not been tapped to a large degree uh, for funding 
infrastructure within uh, within shale. So insurance funds, high net worth family uh, funds um, are two sources of uh, lower cost capital that are interested in participating in long-term projects that pay a um, you know a high single digit rate of return over uh, like long period 20 plus years so power as I talked about earlier is a, a perfect example to think about where might other sources of capital uh, be tapped in order to uh, uh, fund some of that uh, uh, 300 billion or uh, 300 billion plus I think the other the other thing to watch in the Permian, two things, in fact, is uh, as interest rates rise, and they have been steadily over the last couple of years, that the cost of capital will tend to go up. And just um, sort of a, a point to watch is uh, will that have any impact on the willingness of the traditional institutions to invest in the, in the, uh, in the Permian? I think for now, uh, you know, the rising price of uh, oil has more than offset the rising cost of capital, but that is something uh, to be to be watched very very closely. Well, understanding that the Permian Basin is kind of just getting started, if you will, and the projections for what's the potential to come, especially like in 2022, and the amount of. Uh, of uh, oil that's going to be coming out of Texas and New Mexico and um, all of the uh, millions of barrels that are going to be produced. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of mind boggling to think everything that has to get done and everything that, that these operators are facing and dealing with to make sure that they're able to, to get their barrels to market. And of course, um, looking at the stats in, in which you guys are discussing how, um, the Permian Basin alone should be equivalent to the second largest OPEC-producing country, Iraq, and only trailing behind Russia and Saudi Arabia. These are some really amazing numbers to think about <laughs> for Permian Basin. And yes, if, it is. If you're not in there, you should be in there. <laughs> you should consider getting in there. Uh, but, Bob, that is all the time that we have. Before we leave, where can someone go to get uh, your independent, uh, your Rethinking Independence um, white paper here? So we will we will post it shortly on the Arthur D. Little uh, website. Uh, I would expect it should be up there uh, by the end of this week. And uh, get at the website. Um, you can directly contact uh, myself at Arthur D. Little, uh, and I can, I can uh, send you a copy as well. But we will post it on the website. Okay, and so just for the record, it's adl.com. And, of course, our listeners are very familiar. They can email radio at shellmag.com as well. And uh, we'll be happy to uh, forward them a copy of this white paper report. Very, very good report, Bob. Thank you for coming in. We look forward to working with you in the future to try to get this information out there to the Permian Basin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Kim. Thanks again, Bob, for being a guest on our show today. And congratulations, because you're going to be a topic of today's trivia question. Be the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com, and you will have a chance to win a $75 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, the amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today's question is, 
What is Bob Peterson's title with ADL? Remember to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com and you'll have a chance to win a $75 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, the Brazilian steakhouse. If you are interested in keeping up with In the Oil Patch Radio Show or the latest issue of Shell Magazine, you can do that. It's free. All you have to do is go to www dot shellmag.com again that's s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com and sign up for our free newsletter that is going to wrap up another great show we'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews until then adios in the oil patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil gas business and in your community every week your host kim Bellotto will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry you'll hear from industry experts elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.